This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Watching Lester Till I Die TV. Good afternoon, good night, goodbye. Hello, welcome along. This is Arsenal Fan TV. How are you? <laughs> of course, it's not Arsenal Fan TV. It's Leicester Till I Die TV, OTID TV. I feel like Arsenal Fan TV because I'm searching to say, looking at the past and look, do you remember when we won this? And do you remember when we did that? And, you know, I mean, Arsenal, as far as I know, are the only team that's got, actually got a time capsule buried beneath the stadium. Uh, but after our season, well, it's good to look back and remember. Um, this is LTID TV from Leicester Till I Die. Thank you for joining us. Either if you're watching on uh, YouTube uh, or if you're listening on your favourite um 
podcast platform. Apparently, I'm a bit echoey. So let me just see if I can um, change that because the last thing I want to be. Listening to one of me is enough. Um, Listening to two of me. Is that any better? Is that any better? Hopefully it is. Um, if you're listening on podcast, your favourite podcast platform, thank you very, very much indeed. I uh, appreciate that. Um, if you are watching, please do join in with the chat, ask your questions, get involved. Obviously, keep it clean and respectful. Uh, if you're watching on Catch Up, stick the details in the chat below on YouTube. Uh, you can also find us on all our social media platforms, which are shown below. Uh, and if this is your first time, please do subscribe to the channel. Uh, smash the likes for the video. Um, it all does help us. And if you are feeling in the generous mood, just £1.99 of your good old English pounds, you can become a member. Uh, and you get all of that, uh, including the well, some member-only shows next season. And there are member-only quizzes going up on YouTube at the moment. But we're not here to discuss that. We're here to talk about that. Aha. Do you remember? Were you there? I. It was for me. It was one of those father-son moments. Um, and I still don't know who the lady was sat next to me, but I did end up in her lap when the fourth goal went in. Uh, well, I would have done had my son not um, not grabbed me in time. God, he's got a lot to answer for. But <laughs> I'll apologise to her now in advance. Don't know who she is, but I, I do. I would have probably broken her legs had I landed in there. But we're going to look back at that uh, that season because it was an amazing start to the season. It probably peaked very early with this game. Then kind of went a little bit downhill. But the thing we'll remember, obviously, is the great escape. Talking about great escapes, Somebody that's been uh, escaped from the zoo. Good evening, Brad. <laughs> Good evening, mate. How, how have you been? Yeah, I've not managed to quite escape from the zoo just yet. I'm just, I'm still in touching distance of it, but uh, I'm doing well, mate. I hope you're doing good. I am doing, doing well. I, it's bit, I feel like um, I've, I've got Brad withdrawal symptoms. I've not seen you for about five days, and yet before that, we were seeing each other every day of the week. I know, well, you know what to say, people start to talk, you have to let them disappear and talk about something else for it, but I'm back now, properly, so, yeah, <laughs> it's been a while, mate. You know, look, we were just talking about this before we came live, whatever you say about uh, Iosi Perez, he will be remembered for that great assist for Tielemans in the FA Cup final winning game. This guy... What an assist it was for Cambiasso for that fourth goal. <laughs> if, if he's remembered, he's going to be remembered for that. <laughs> Dean, good evening, sir. Thank you so very much for joining us. How the devil are you, sir? I'm very well, very well, gentlemen. Good to good to see you and good to be on the show. Um, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you. No, no, thank you very much for coming on. I've got to say, um, Sunday, the 21st of September, 2014, um, at one thirty, I was sat in the stadium with my son, not looking forward to, well, looking forward to the game in a perverse sort of way, but this was probably the hardest task we'd had. Uh, we were up against um, a Manchester United side managed by the falling over Dutchman, not exactly the flying Dutchman, but the falling over Dutchman. Um, it, 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 
well, can I say 97 minutes later, I was feeling a hell of a lot happier. Um, but I want to take you back, if I can, Dean, to start with. Um, and I should say, Brad, of course, was what you were working there. What was your job, Brad? So, yeah, I was walk working there. I was making sure all the floors were nice and clean for you to sit in, Chris. And I was making sure all the... Uh, all the bins were nice and empty for everybody to put the rubbish in and, and, and drop on the floor for me to sweep up and keep me busy throughout the game. And then keep me busy enough to, to watch the best assist I've seen at the King Power uh, from, from Mr Hammond. But, uh, yeah, that was my job, part of the housekeeping team. Ah, right. Well, I must admit, uh, if, if that chewing gum that was stuck to me half was anything to go by, you didn't do, you didn't do a very good job, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, that was someone else. I can blame them now. I don't work for the company. I can blame them now. They're probably still there. <laughs> oh well let's have a look at that season well just before the season because the season before dean you joined us um you had been at uh southampton uh before us like i say also got relegated this season i'm not saying you're the grim reaper or anything but <laughs> it's a bit uh i'm putting it together there's a pattern forming there's a pattern forming um and you'd gone out on loan to uh brighton uh, and then you signed for Leicester. I take the kit that was under Nigel Pearson. It was, yeah. I'd been on, I'd been on loan uh, the previous season on Brighton from Southampton, and we lost in in the playoff semi final against Crystal Palace the year that you guys or Leicester lost to, to Watford. Um, yeah, and then I, <laughs> <laughs> and then I signed the, the the following season under under Nigel. Yeah. So um, look, as soon as I knew of of Leicester's interest. Um, I wanted to come to the football club. I knew the ambition of the football club. I knew what Nigel was all about because he'd been at Southampton previously as manager. So a lot of the staff mm. knew him and spoke very highly of him. I knew what the squad was like and the, and the players that were in that that dressing room. And yeah, I was excited to to come to Leicester. So um, had to take a pay cut, I must admit. So to to come to the club. So I was fully committed and um, looking forward to to signing for the club. Well, it was an undisclosed fee, so we won't ask you about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, you, you never actually see this side, though, do you, of players? You hear about the fantastic wages all the time. He said, obviously, it gets worse as, as, as we go through the years. Um, but sometimes you do have to take a pay cut to carry on playing. You do. You do. It's, it's all, I mean, it's personal preference. Uh, it's what you want to do within your career, what you want to achieve. Do you want to play football? Do you want to be part of a squad? It all depends what you want to achieve as a as a player. So yeah. like I got I'd had a couple of promotions at Southampton. I got to the Premier League and I hadn't actually played um for Southampton in the Premier League, which was obviously a disappointment. So when I got the opportunity and the interest was there from Leicester and I knew their ambition and I knew where the club was was heading. I wanted to sign for that personal ambition to try and play in the Premier League. And fortunately enough, it, it happened. Um, so, yeah, it was um, a good decision at the time. So you never know in football, but I'm very glad I made it. You do. But, I mean, to quote, and I, I apologise if this is wrong, I'm going to play in Wikipedia, <laughs> but it does say, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Dean said uh, the Leicester City move would help him to play in the Premier League one day. That was what it was. It was. It was. Um, I was one of those players. Look, I, I believed in my own ability, but I don't think anyone was ever going to pay huge money for me from a Premier League football club. So, for me to be able to fulfil that dream was was via a promotion, via being at a football club that was going to get into the Premier League by winning promotion. And 
as soon as Leicester were interested, um, and like I say, I knew the quality within that group. Didn't know anyone personally, um, yeah. but obviously had played against Leicester and played against the players. So I knew they'd come close a year before. I know how good the manager was. So if I was ever going to play in the Premier League and fulfil that dream, coming to Leicester was going to give me a real good chance. Yeah. Uh, Dan, who... Um... Mod on the channel, big uh, big friend, um, Burnley fan, so he's he's feeling happy. Uh, big Dean Hammond, Brad is Richard Hammond, and sorry, Chris, you're Alison Hammond. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Can I just say that means that I've got to present um, this morning, doesn't it? Hang on a second, let me get this right. Are you okay? <laughs> you may have, no, no, let me not let me not go down that route. <laughs> but, Dan, you are welcome, mate. Uh, I've got to say, I mean, first of all, let me come to you, Brad, and we'll, we'll very quick look at that season before when we got promoted because I, I remember it so well. I mean, it was an amazing season for the club. We basically broke every record that was going. I think we won the league with 102 points, which was more than Burnley won it with last season. Sorry, Dan. 101 points. Yeah, 102 is not for everybody. Um I mean, there must have been a great feeling around the club. Yeah, there was, and I, I that was ironically my first season when I started working for the club, and it, it just got a feel good factor from the off. I mean, I mean, Dean, Dean, like you said, there obviously there were some iconic names in that dressing room. You've got one pictured with him there, Gary Taylor, Fletcher. If I'm right in remembering, Kevin Phillips was there. He became like the oldest yeah. scorer of the championship. So you had that. You had a lot of notable names that had not just got the experience in the championship, but but had that ability to really, you know, do a job um, at any level. Really, even even given the fact that you know Kevin Phillips was, I think he turned forty and when, when he was playing for us. Um, so I. You know, it was an exciting time. I mean, you had Andy King, who's just in the background there, so he's, he's a local lad. Um, and you look through that team, and you, it was probably what you need in that division at the time is a is a perfect mix. You know, we'd had a few near-full seasons under Nigel in his first stint beforehand and, and those that came in between, in between his two stints. And um, you just felt that the balance had become just right. We'd got that... Yeah. Um, championship experience. We've got the experienced heads like Gary Taylor Fletcher and and obviously and and, and Kevin Phillips and, and Casper was coming to his own at that point as our number one. He was really thriving and it, I know this season has hit hit us differently and there's a lot more pessimistic about us coming straight back up. But it was really a season that us as workers and as fans were thinking this could this could really be a good season for Leicester and. We didn't know just what we was going to accomplish that season. Yeah. But yeah, it really was a feeling that before before a ball was kicked, we thought this could be a really good season for Leicester. And it, and it was. And I remember, because um, obviously I lived in Burnley, with you know where Dan's from, for 20-odd uh, years. I managed to find the escape tunnel, though. But I remember being invited back up then. It was my birthday when we played uh, Burnley. And... Uh, I was invited um, by one, because I used to work at the Burnley Express, invited by one of my own work colleagues to go in and enjoy the hospitality. And I remember when Chris Wood scored his goal. And it is, it's, you know, it's one of those sort of comedy moments. You know, I was jumping up, shouting, and then realised I was the only person in hospitality that was shouting and going mad because Leicester had scored. And I sat down rather quickly. But, Dean, I mean, we've talked about Nigel Pearson there. I... I 
funnily enough, met him at the away game when Kevin Phillips scored against Bournemouth. And I was, because I lived down in Bournemouth, I was sat in the away fans just beside the dugout. And Nigel Pearson, because obviously when when the game was over and I was feeling, you know, big and brave and showed my Leicester jump shirt off under my, <laughs> under my shirt and jumper. And, you know, he came over and he was talking to me and my son, made my son's day. And we all know we would go on and become famous for his love of ostriches and, and what have you. But what was he like as a manager? He was brilliant. I mean, Nigel was probably the best manager, man manager that I, that I worked under, um, just because of his, his honesty. Um, mm. He was a man of his word. Um, he had a real presence about him, um, but in, in a good way. Um, knew his football inside out and just knew knew how to treat players, which mm. was really, really important. Um, didn't do a lot in terms of coaching. Didn't do a lot in terms of um, tactics. Left that up to Craig Shakespeare um, and a couple of the other coaches. But in terms of team selection, in terms of um, putting a team out to, to win a game, in terms of recruitment and signing players, he was fantastic. So, look, I've got nothing but good words to say about Nigel. I really enjoyed my my time under there. Wish I'd played, started a few more games. You know, I made quite a few appearances, but wish I'd started a few more. But I had real competition in, in that area of the pitch with, with Danny Drinkle, Andy King, Matty James, etc. Yeah. But Nigel Nigel was brilliant. You know, he was, he was when when I signed for the football club, what I mean by honest and you know, true to his word, he he, he made it very clear why he brought me to the football club. He brought me to the football club because of my experience of, uh, mm -hmm. of promotions because of the type of personality I was of um, in terms of how I trained, how I was dedicated as, as a professional. And he was hoping that that would rub off on, on a few of the, the younger players. He didn't promise me that I was going to start every week and I would go straight into the football, uh, into the, into the team. But obviously if I performed well and I was playing well, that I would get that opportunity. So he didn't tell me any lies. He didn't make me any promises that he didn't keep. So, that I really enjoyed Nigel. You could speak to him, you could be open with him, um, you could have a good drink with him, which was was yeah. also good as well when you, we were winning a lot of football matches. Yeah. Um, so, like I say, I, I, I love playing for for Nigel, and I've stayed in contact with him a little bit when I was loan manager at the football club, and he was managing yes. over Belgium. I used to go over there and see him and speak to him. So, he's a, he's a good person, a good man, and um, he's doing well again against Bristol. And if he yes. gets time there, I think he will get another promotion on his CV as well. Be nice to see. I like to see. Uh, cause I, I never even. I do, still don't think. Oh, I never called Leicester a big club. So I like to see, you know, the the clubs that you know, not the Man City's, United's, Liverpool's, and all them doing well and having a chance. I love Luton going up to the Premier League this season. I mean, that season was amazing when we were smashing records, most away wins on the trot, and all that sort of thing. So going into the next season. The confidence and the fee and the feeling. I know there's always that nerves about. Well, as long as we finish seventeenth, we'll be fine. But Dean, there must have been a, a a tremendous feeling going into that season that you could achieve something. There was because we had that that confidence. We had that momentum from obviously winning the championship by by such a stretch, really. Um, mm. And we knew we had, like I say, we knew we had quality with, within the group. Um, we'd made. Some good signings as well, you know. Leo Leo Jora come in. Uh, Matty Upson had, had come into the football club. Um, we'd sign Esteban Cambiaso, so it, it just added to the fact that we thought that we, we were going to do well in, in the Premier League, and we were a hungry group. There was a, 
there was a group of young players within the squad that had not played in the Premier League and they were hungry to prove themselves at, at that level. So we started the season really, really well and probably surprised a few people. And then we had a really tough spell for a, for a long period in the season, but finished mm. really, really strong. But if you look at the results during the season, we, we never got blown away. We never got beaten heavy. We were only losing yeah. by the odd goal, the odd maybe individual mistake, a little bit naivety for because it was our first season in the Premier League. But once that clicked, um, you know, there was no stopping us. And the way we finished the season, I still say it now, I, I believe the way we finished the end of that season really built up the momentum and the belief for, for the season that was going to follow in terms of, of winning oh. the Premier League, which is... An incredible story. But yeah, yeah, there was some optimism within the group. There's no fear, you know. Mm. There was some fear, but we weren't we weren't scared of playing against the bigger clubs. We weren't scared about taking them on. We weren't just gonna sit there and suck up pressure and 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 just try and hang on for a draw. We wanted to take games to to the other teams. And when we did that, more often than not, we got a good result. I mean, I, I, I remember, I mean, brother, we've discussed this many times, my seven-hour return journey, you know, in, in the car every week with my son to watch us lose. But we never, there was none of the, dare I say, you know, six twos, four twos, five twos that we suffered last season. But I can remember when it was confirmed that we'd signed Esteban Cambiasso, Brad. I mean, as a fan, it was like, no. <laughs> Who's reporting this? This has got to be this has got to be the like the, the Sunday sport or something. This can't be real. Yeah, I mean it always does when, when especially when you're a newly promoted side. Forget the old, you know, forget the little old Leicester tag, if you will, for for, for a minute. When you hear someone of that caliber in your club, you're thinking, okay, who, who put that on the press? Who had too many bears and press, you know, send on that? And then it kept going and going and then there was more, I want to say, more firm reassurances that Leicester were talking to Cambiasso. And it, and then it kind of dragged on for a little bit with the club's negotiating, which, um, you know, it's, it's fair to say, a man, man of that calibre convincing him to come to a newly promoted side, um, you know, it's not going to be something that, you know, people got a little bit frustrated when it kind of died off and seemed to drag out and, and that. But I just kept thinking, no, it's... Something's going to happen. Someone like um, Inter or someone like that's just going to come in and take him for two. There's no way he's going to come to Leicester. So I tried to stay out of it. And all of a sudden, my phone goes off one day and I'm thinking, I'm trying not to answer because I think I was working that day. So I waited, checked my break. It's like, can be Asso signs for Leicester. And I just remember thinking, I'm working on a train down tomorrow. I'm going to see him. And I, I, I didn't get a chance to. I think he was escorted in the building. But I thought, yeah, I'm going to be in the same building. There's a presence of that. And, it kind of took a while to sink in because, like you say, it's you know, um, it's such a talented yeah. footballer. To get him in was was fantastic. And Dean, I mean, as, as players, I mean, what, what you know, how did how did it have effect on you know on the team? Because and I, I, you know, I'm not putting anybody else down, but this was you know a, a huge signing. It was, and, and, and like you two, we, we probably, you know, we were talking about it in the dressing room, we heard the rumours, um, we were trying to get a little bit more out of the, of, the, of the coaching staff and the manager of what was really, really going on, and we didn't think it was would happen, we thought it was, was paper talk, um, but when it did happen, I mean, when Esteban came in, first of all, what a footballer, um, what a talent, 
but what a person as well i mean i really enjoyed working with with esteban obviously being a midfield player i was a little bit nervous myself that was my, my time <laughs> up at the football club and i was he was coming to um to give me extra competition which he did but fortunately enough i got to actually play with him and work with him every day and I, I learned a lot from from esteban you know when he came in i think i was 30 32 at the time when he came in and i learned a lot within that season in terms of about awareness positional playing in midfield because esteban wasn't the quickest around the pitch but no. his anticipation and his awareness of where the, the ball was going to land his positional play his one touch two touch play was was amazing. He used to do it in training as well. Um, he didn't want to run a lot, which was which is okay. I was quite happy to do his running for a for a player of that of that quality. Yeah. But you know, when he came into the group, couldn't really speak much English. He would only speak to Leo Joa because they could communicate yeah. together. But he learned very very quickly, and he led. You know, he led. He, he led by example, and he led by being a winner. And he believed within the group. So it was great to play with him. Um, a great pleasure to, to play with him and have that season with him was fantastic. And he was, you know, one of the biggest reasons why we ended up staying in the Premier League because his form at the end of the season was was exceptional. You probably never expected when you signed for, for Leicester in the Championship that one day you'd be playing alongside and assisting, should we not say, we will come on to that <laughs> later, but assisting uh, Esteban uh, Cambiasso. But... We got promoted, we'd made the signings, um, and then we had the pre-season. I always say you can never look at pre-seasons and, 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 and judge the season by that. And I think there is, is the prime example. I mean, hadn't lost a game. Um, we'd, we'd played the normal teams that Leicester City play, the Rotherhams, we'll have them again this season, but the Ulkestons, the Walsalls, uh, we had the one big game against Werder Bremen. But look... After those games, Dean, you must have thought, we're going to have a good season here. Because, and the fact of <laughs> how it ended up going, you would never have thought, look, looking at that table for the pre-seasons. No, I mean, like you say, pre-season is such an important time for, for, for any club and for, for any player. And we had a, yeah. a good pre-season. But we were still, you know, we were still living off the season that had just gone past in terms of, mm -hmm. of winning the championship and, and what that meant. And as a group, we were really close as a group. Um, it was good fun being in the dressing room. It was good fun being at the training ground. It was, it was, it was really, really good fun. You know, the, a lot of the wives got on well. There was a lot of social occasions that we would go together. So the group was really close, which which helped. But we were just excited about the season, Chris. You know, you look at the fixtures that we were playing. First game, I think we played Everton at home. We yeah. were excited about that, and then it led to I think we had. Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United within the first five, six games of the season. So we were thrown right in the deep end. But look, like I say, a young, enthusiastic, hungry group that believed that we could cause these bigger teams some problems. And we did that in the early stages. I mean, Brad, I mean, all right. You know, I look at those results and the fact that we put six goals past Ilkeston, no disrespect to Ilkeston, is not going to make me think that we're going to go and win the Premier League. But... We beat Everton. Now, I think that was a, 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 a cup abroad, wasn't it, if I'm, memory serves me right? But yeah, it was in Thailand. In Thailand, we Yes, yeah. Uh, we managed to beat Werder Bremen 1-0. Uh, uh, but again, as, as a fan, we like me, Brad. I mean, there must have been that feel-good factor going around the club. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure... 
getting you know Dean cares to disagree with me here, but uh, you know we all know that the biggest part of a preseason is to really get the sharpness, the fitness, and the focus. Obviously, you don't read too much into the results, especially when you, with the greatest respect, you look at the fact that you know there's Ilkes and there's MK Dons in that list, and I don't want to scare people in my face trying to look at who else we played, but it's like yeah, we played like Rotherham and and teams like that. But there, there was some competitive fixtures, like Dean said, they went they, they went um, flew out and played it in a cup game against Everton. Uh, the trophy actually sits in the owners' um, lounge as well. They they have that prided in there with with all the other trophies we've won recently. So it was something that you take on, and it's one of them. With, like I said again. Take the little Leicester fact out of it. Just being a newly promoted side, no team wants to start the season looking at their pre-season list going, loss, loss, draw, mm. nil-nil, injury. Yeah, that's obviously something else you can't be helped. But, um, yeah, looking at that, you're thinking, that's fantastic. You know, they, they've not lost that momentum from last season. They're going to be on a high. They're going to be good. And... And kind of lived up to the motto at, at the time that's come around the club that they, that they seem to keep that fearless attitude. You know, like you know, I'd love that to have been the start of the season, but for a pre-season, you know, you're thinking because it could have gone the other way, couldn't it, Chris? You, we, you know, yeah. if less, you know, if, if they hadn't have got good results on them pre-seasons, fans maybe not have been so optimistic, but it did help the momentum carry on to it. Yes, yeah. um, with the, with the form. Definitely. Talking about the season, though, Dean, and let's let's get into the season and the lead up to, to the game we're going to be talking about. Um, first game was at home. The aforementioned Leo Ujoa equalising after we'd gone behind, uh, uh, and it was the fact that we hadn't lost. I think more than the fact of I don't think it mattered who we would have played, but you know Chris Wood, who, who wasn't to make many appearances from for after this, but. Again, did you come off that pitch thinking, yep, here we go, we're up and running? I think you're right, Chris. I think it gave us a huge belief and a huge boost, really, because you think you can play at that level, but you never yeah. know until you do. And to get the result, and obviously come from behind twice, I think. I think, did we go 1-0 down or was it... Did we get... We were 1-0 down and then one we went 2-1 down. 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 Yeah, yeah. so 1-1, yeah. 2-1 down. And then for, for Woody to come on and score as well, which mm. which is brilliant. And look, I came on in that game, made my Premier League debut um, because Danny Drinkwell came off after 15, 20 minutes, I think. So... And that was a it was a big day for myself personally, um, but we we felt quite comfortable. You know, we weren't we played Everton. I think the season before that had a really good season. Um, I just remember the battle between Lukaku and, and Wes Morgan, and Wes just came out on top and was an absolute beast that day. And, and was you know has been a fantastic player for the for the football club. So there was lots of positives from from that game. But you're right. I think if we'd lost it. It takes a little bit of that belief away. It takes a little bit of that momentum. It puts a, a little bit of doubt in your mind. Can we play at this level? It's a home game right, as well. So the atmosphere was really, really good. The fans go away happy. Yeah. And obviously we knew we had Chelsea next as well, which I think mm -hmm. it was Mourinho coming back to Chelsea that season. They went on to win it. So there was big Fabregas had just signed. They'd made a load of big signings. So we were very aware that was going to be a, a tough game. So to yeah. get a point, just just put us off on on the right foot. Um, two things I remember about that game. Well, one is um, I shouldn't be surprised that Lukaku not scoring. Um, it's uh, become like a, a thing for him. But I remember 
driving home up the Elston Road and there's a petrol station. Because uh, I was driving back down to Bournemouth, so I stopped for some petrol and my son's nudging me. I'm going, what, 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 what? He said, look, look, look. And like Leo Ujoa sort of filling up his car with petrol. And they're completely <laughs> like, yeah, they're normal, aren't they? You know, they don't have uh, somebody to come and do it for them. You know, lovely guy again, very nice. Um, uh, did a photo and everything, so very nice of him. Uh, yeah, Chelsea then coming up, Brad, and a kind of not down to earth, which is probably what we kind of expected. You know, I mean, I suppose at um, uh, if I'm like, I suppose every other fan is at the start of the season thinking, right. Well, that's 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 a winnable game. Might get a point from that game, but ah, this game we're going to get nothing from. That like, this was probably one of them. Costa and Hazard, who would obviously do us a big favour the following season, scoring for Chelsea. Yeah, it was. And, and to be fair, you know, you said it at the start of the show, and you both said it actually that we never really got beat badly in any game, and and and. Um, I think we kept Chelsea not quiet. They definitely had a lot of chances. I remember seeing the stats of the game afterwards, but we kept ourselves in the game for a while. And I think there was a there was a vital point in in that game. And, and I'm sure if he ever gets around to ever watching it, I don't know if he would. But David Nugent had that one on one chance, and he kind of just he had that second where he looked at the linesman to see if he broke the offside trap, and then he he hesitated, and that was at nil nil. And you're thinking then, you know, like Dean said, that they went on to win the league. That, that season yeah. and, and I know later on at the King Power we'll, we'll get to that later on in the season again we only lost by a two goal margin and and we were really in the game and keeping them out so it wasn't a game where you thought oh god we got away with not getting slaughtered there it was a game where you thought we have two chances took, 63 minutes it took them to score yeah, and that's what I mean. I think we we had another chance at one all at one nil to make it one all, and that was that was. And again, it was Chelsea, regardless of whether they went on to win the league like they did or not. They're always a team that you never get too many chances for, and unfortunately for that game, it did prove the case. You know, you get two chances, you don't take them. They they tend to find a way to win, especially that season. Mm. Um, but again, you, I, I didn't watch that game and think. Oh, God, here we go. And, you know, I wasn't looking at Arsenal. With Dredd, I was thinking, you know what, play like that against Arsenal, we might get something. And lo and behold, you know, we we, we did. Dean, I mean, in that game, 27 shots to Chelsea, six to, to ourselves. Uh, it kind of, like I say, was maybe sort of a, a reality check as much as anything. Uh, not, a, not a particularly dirty game, but somebody did... Uh, Get their first Premier League booking in that game, I believe. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't I did, know who I that did. is. I, but... I remember, I remember the tackle well. Actually, I can't remember actually who was on, but I remember the tackle <laughs> being a Sorry. little bit late, and it be um, yeah. There was a few handbags afterwards with with, with John Terry and a few other <laughs> the boys, but um, no, look, that was. I suppose that was just us getting used to the the pace of the game. But Chelsea, Brad's right. We we felt as though we were in that game, and I remember. Mm. I remember the chance for, for Nuge. I think I I think I stole the ball off one of the Chelsea midfield players and, and slid it through to Nuge. And just mm. thinking, as he's going through, please put this away. Because Chelsea are going to score at some point, but please put this away. And um, unfortunately, we didn't. We hang on. And look, that game was tough. I remember getting... Look, I got cramp in, in my career a few times, but I remember getting yeah. full body cramp. And it just was one of the most painful experiences I've ever had in my life. So... I came off, I think, after 70-odd 70, 70 minutes. But, um, 
it just again just filled us with a bit of belief. I remember sitting in the dressing room afterwards and, and we were speaking as players thinking we've got a chance here. You know, we've just played against one of the favourites for, for the Premier League yeah. and we've given them a game today. You know, they've not run away with it. They've not completely outplayed us. They've not dominated us. We we stood up to them physically. We played some good football at times. Yes, they had chances, but we had a couple. So, yeah, there was a, there was a sense of confidence within the dressing room that we could we could do okay. We could yeah. do okay this year. Well, then, as, as, as Brad said, uh, we had Arsenal coming up 1-1. Uh, Sanchez after 20, Ujoa after 23. And uh, Dean, uh, three bookings for Leicester. Somebody sort of, you know, <laughs> having just got the first one, went and got the second one. I mean, well, there's, sh- there's a pattern forming here, isn't there? I don't look at the Stoke game. <laughs> yeah, shame I wasn't as consistent as that with goals as I was with, <laughs> with yellow cards. But, um, yeah, no, I, I remember, I, again, look, I remember the tackle, actually. I think it was on um, Aaron Ramsey. Uh, uh, yeah, Aaron Ramsey, late on in the game. Um, but again, that was just through pure fatigue because actually I think Arsenal were probably the best team we played that year at mm. home in that in that 1-1. Um, they were they were brilliant. The way they passed the ball, the movement they had, they were, they were exceptional. So we probably felt quite fortunate to get that, that result that day. But again, it was another point on the board. And also it was... It was two points um, and unbeaten from from um, being the home games um, yes. from the opening games of the season. So, look, if you look at those three fixtures, Everton, Chelsea, and Arsenal, we came away with two points. We were we were pretty happy at that point. Yeah, uh, again, that you weren't you you, you you didn't get the booking in. I have to be say you didn't carry on, uh, but uh, Leo did a third goal in three games. Brad Stoke City away. Uh, I suppose this would have been one of those I would have looked at and gone, yeah, we can get three points here. And, uh, and of course, we did. Yeah, and it was one of them. I was Stoke, especially back in that, that era and period as well, they weren't exactly the easiest team to beat. You know, you know the common phrase, isn't it? Oh, can you do it on a wet, note, uh, a wet night in, in, in Stoke? Well, it was a Saturday afternoon and, and managed to do it. But it was, it was the first time, you know, you're thinking... After Chelsea being a away game, you probably looked at Stoke before a ball was kicked that season. You were looking realistically as a Leicester fan. You was going, if we're lucky, we might pick something up out of one of the you know the the big three games. But Stoke and Everton are realistically where we're probably going to pick up our points. And probably the most pessimistic of Leicester fan was probably thinking we'll get two points out of them games because of who we're facing. But after you know, after the first three games, you know, two two points, um, but really good performances. I, I was I probably shouldn't have been myself, but I was quietly confident that we could go to the. Um, I think it was still called the Britannia Stadium back back then. I was quietly confident they'd come away with the result, and and again, considering you know they're a bit of a sticky wicket team to play away, uh, go go away and play play them. I don't remember Stoke causing them, uh, causing the lads much trouble on the day, and I felt that we really had, that, you know, the team really handled it, and you kind of showed that that, you know, like you said, unfortunately, Dean, you got booked in two consecutive games, but it showed that eagerness to get aggressive and show the Premiership that you weren't going to get bullied, and you know, you weren't just some naive Championship side that come up. You're ready for the fight that was ahead of you over the course of the season, and. I think that was the first time that Stoke, who were usually the team that got booked and a bit aggressive, kind of felt a bit bullied off the pitch because I don't really remember 
I think maybe one good save Casper had to make a bit late on in the game, but I don't really remember the defence at all being troubled, um, which was great to see. And and a clean sheet. So that, that topped off topped off the performance as well. Didn't need a pizza for that one, did they, Chris? They didn't need to be promises <laughs> of pizza for that clean sheet. No, no. But I mean, after that game, we were actually sat tenth in the Premier League. Um you know, we'd been sixth after the first game, then fourteenth, fifteenth, and tenth. I'm like, you know, it's like it's like the O'Neill days had returned. And of course, then um, Louis Van Gaal's red and white army, as he liked to say, I can't impersonate him unless I fall off my chair. But you know, they they, they rolled into town. The big spenders. I mean, they'd got you know we'd got Cambriasa, but they'd got Di Maria. Uh, the confidence. What was it like going into that game, Dean? Yeah, we were, like you say, we were confident. I'm not going to lie that we weren't a little bit nervous, if I'm totally yeah. honest. it was. Uh, I think it was a super Sunday game as well. So we knew a lot of people were going to be watching. But we put a good performance against Stoke. We look, we were fully aware of their quality and we'd worked all week. We'd actually changed our shape for the game. We went to a, um, a diamond in midfield to kind of nullify their threat. Obviously, that didn't work after we were 2-0 down pretty quickly. Um, but look, we were looking forward to it because, again, they were one of the favourites for, for the Premier League, the quality of their squad. But if you look at our attacking players, Leo Joa, Jamie Vardy, I think David Nugent played as well in the day as a, as a yeah. number 10. Esteban was making his first start, I think, after coming on at half-time at, at Stoke. We knew they had good attacking players, but we knew we had a good attacking players as well and we knew we could cause those problems. It was just whether we could keep a clean sheet, which we found out was going to be a, a problem after being 2-0 down and the wonderful goal that Di Maria scored. So, look, a great game. Um, brilliant memories from that. And, yeah, still I still watch it occasionally when it's on the Sky Gold, I must admit. I, I don't have to wait for Sky Gold. I go down that YouTube rabbit hole very, very often, believe you me. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Brad, I mean, on that pitch uh, starting... Ujoa, Nugent and Vardy. There was no sort of parking the bus in, in, in Nigel's mind, was there? I mean, three strikers on the pitch. No, and it's something we've kind of become accustomed to as Leicester fans, not just the way we'd gone about playing the likes of Everton and, and, and that beforehand, but we've been accustomed to it for 12 months before in a championship. So when when you saw it, it probably wasn't really a surprise to line up with the aggression. Nigel was always seen to put out a team to kind of match what he was up against. The, you know, Van Persie, Di Maria, the, you know, the list is endless of talent that they had out there. But, you know, you, you've seen it over the years, normally a side, and again, I'm going to reiterate it, but a newly promoted side gets their early doors and they go, well, we'll put 10 men behind the ball and if we lose 1-0, it's it's kind of like a, a good defeat, in a, you know, if you, if you will. But, the, the one thing I do really remember from that game, not just the epic comeback itself, but I remember just when, when the third goal went in, I remember I unfortunately had a good goal, a good view of the, the third goal for them um, when I was coming up the stairs. But I remember seeing it was more of a relief on the Manchester United bench. And I think at the time, uh, Cambiasso uh, was on uh, and he just sort of, he didn't let anybody drop their heads and you could see him. He was going up to players. He was clapping and he was just geeing everybody up. And, it's, you know, if there was ever a bit of slight of doubt that maybe, OK, the race is run, let's take 3-1. He kind of, he 
he just brought something to that pitch and, and, and the crowd wouldn't allow the players to kind of give up on it and, and, and it epitomised what followed because remember that third goal went in, there was only 20 minutes left. I don't think there was many people on the phones or anywhere that would have been chancing their arm, putting a bet on Leicester to come out and get a draw from that game, let alone go on and get the result that we did. I mean, yeah, I mean, Dean, a certain uh, Mr. Mares couldn't even make it on the pitch. I know, I know. I, I, I try not, I'm trying to think why Riyad wasn't playing at, at, at that stage. Um, he was on. He was on the subs bench, as yeah. Obviously, but obviously, uh, what talent he was. But I think, yes. like I say, we changed. We changed the shape. We went to a bit of a diamond, and, and Nuge had played that that number ten, and there was me, Danny Drink, or Esteban on the pitch as well. So we didn't really had a, much width in the team that day. I think that yeah. may be the reason why Riyad wasn't wasn't playing. So yeah, it was. Um, Look, it was a tough 20 minutes, I must admit. That first 20 minutes was, was pretty tough chasing those United players around. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say, uh, and let's just have a look at this, and Brad knows I'm a stat man, but, I mean, it, it's not many times, we see, certainly not under the last couple of seasons of Brendan Rodgers, where, I mean, 15 shots from Leicester, 16 uh, from uh, United, Dean. I mean, it was end-to-end stuff, wasn't it? It was, and like you've all said there, the attacking players are on the pitch. It was always gonna gonna be like that. But we fancied, like I say, we could we could cause them cause them some problems. And the, the biggest thing on the day really is the fact that we were one nil down, two nil down, three one down, and we managed uh, managed to come back. And like Brad said, we never really gave in to things. We were never beaten. We weren't. We were never defeated. There was always a chance of the players that we had on the pitch that we could we could get back into the game and. The atmosphere that day was was electric. It was from from warming up from the first minute, even when we were conceding goals. There was never any negativity around the place within the the fans, the coaching staff, the the players. It was just continue what you're doing, and, and we'll try and get back into the game. And we scored at some some good points. Um, we got a little bit of luck along the way, but I think at three one, Man United thought the game was was won and thought that we would just kind of give up then and they would keep the ball and have possession. But we just came back at them with, with, and just threw everything we could at them. Um, and we were going to go down dying. You know, the, the game could have gone completely a different way and we'd, we'd end up losing 6-1. But we yeah. managed to win it 5-3 and, and I'm sure it will go down in, in history at the football club. Oh, I, I, I think it will. Um, I mean, could you sense the the... I mean, what was the atmosphere like? I mean, from a fan's point of view, this was what this was the game. No disrespect to Everton or even Arsenal, but that was a waste. Of it. I didn't get to see that. But you know, this this was the games that, as a season to go, I wanted to see. I wanted to see the big names come, and I wanted to see these players on the pitch. And you know, um, the, the, could you sense that buzz as, when you were working, Brad? Yeah, I mean. It was a weird one because normally you think a game like this calibre kind of comes with a bit of nerves throughout. And I suppose there was, but it was it was just the excitement. It was it was like I said, it's your blockbuster game. It was a, a team very much in, in, in the talk for the title at that point, like they always have been most most mm. seasons, Manchester United anyway. But I think it was more a carefree attitude in the crowd. I mean Normally, when the gates open up, they open up about an hour and a half before kickoff. Anyway, and normally it's a slow filtering. You know, and it's no no disrespect to any opposition, but it's normally just a case of you get the early birds that they want to get in, they want to get themselves seated and fight, and, you know, and do and make sure they do all the 
maybe pre-match rituals or somehow. But mm. it was a real feel-good atmosphere. I think there was, like I said, a bit of a carefree. There wasn't almost a feeling of, oh, it's a free hit, it's Man United. It was, I'm going to enjoy it. Today's got a really good feeling. And the sun was out. You had the cameras were all there. And the stadium felt like it was already three quarters full after about 20 minutes of the turnstiles being open and people were bouncing, they were talking about it. There was people saying, well, you know what? If these if these don't turn up, we could have these, you know? And I was thinking, mm. oh, I, I'm not one of the most blue-tinted, optimistic Leicester fans you'll meet, Danny. And I was going, yeah. he's had too many beers, it's only 20 minutes in. But no, the, the atmosphere really did match, uh, match it. And as a fan from from our perspective Dean, that's what we felt we could see on the pitch and it's so, it's the connection that you as players always talk about when you get asked questions in an interview but to kind of put it as a fan we felt like you give us the effort we'll give you the energy and that's just how the whole day played out from the start I mean probably don't remember it but you actually walked past our area where you're walking and you just you look so focused but you were so chatty with each other it was like you there was no nerves it wasn't like oh Man United, God be prepared. You were just relaxed right up until you went into the changing rooms and everything. I'm sure your nerves may have kicked in when 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 you were walking out of the tunnel. But as a fan, you felt the energy and you could feel it in the crowd and you just felt, yeah, we've got a chance here. And like you said, pivotal moments of scoring it. I don't even think it was two minutes when Ajoa got it back to 2-1. You know, we you guys made sure that we always felt we had a chance to come away with something or we weren't going to go, you know, go lose four, five, six, one. And, and that's the, that game epitomises, you know, effort for effort. If you put in the effort and work your knackers off, we can take losing games, can't we, Chris? We always that, say, we don't mind losing term, games. By the way, Dean. Well, yeah, yeah, that was my <laughs> professional term, working knackers <laughs> off. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, we've always no, said, you can take yeah. losing games. It's just... Yeah how you go exactly. about doing it. Exactly. And we yeah. never, like we said before, it was a season where, you know, we never capitulated at all. But Dean, with this game, you were warming up. And we often say, you know, that, that you know, the crowd of the, you know, the 12th man and, and what have you. And we've seen this year where the crowd are doing a little bit quiet and, you know, uh, whether that affects the players. But when you walk out there, and you, you know, it's, 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 it's as good as a full stadium. I mean, there was 31,784 people there. I'm sure 31,000 of those were probably Leicester City fans. But, I mean, do, do, does your hair go up on the back of the neck? Do you get that buzz? Do you, do you feed off that? I, personally, look, I, I've always fed off that. I never really suffered with nerves too much i think you yeah. have a little bit in, in the dressing room when there's when you finally come in from the warm-up and you're you're doing those last little bits and the manager says those last few words um you get together as a group and have those those couple of moments to, together but once you're in the tunnel um and you can the best bit is for me i should love love standing in the tunnel you can hear the noise of the crowd you can hear the atmosphere um building up it, um in the ground and on the pitch and walking out was was electric it really really was and 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 from that moment when you hear that noise uh, you kind of go into a bit of a, a bit of a zone really um mm. and it always brought a smile to my face because i was always just grateful to be, to, to be playing obviously football as a, as a professional footballer because it's something i dreamed of as a, as a kid so to coming out in an atmosphere playing against man united in, in the premier league on on super sunday with a a full house at the King Power was 
was incredible. And obviously walking out with the players next to me, but walking out with the players that I was playing with as well. I'm, we all knew how good our, our team was. Um, so there was a, a real sense of optimism that we could we could do something special. Now, yeah. we got brought down to earth pretty quickly in that first, like I say, that first 15, 20 minutes when, when Man United were playing with, with that freedom. But we hung in there and we stayed within the game. But yeah, walking out from that tunnel was was amazing. I can still feel it now as I talk about it and think about it. It was a, a brilliant mm. feeling. I think, for, again, for me as a fan, I was sat there. Had we lost that game, so it was a bit like the Chelsea one, I would not have come away particularly disappointed because it was Man United. We, you know, we were expected, you know, to, to, to probably lose. But, uh, yeah, I... I I sat there and I turned to my son. I think it's about 10 minutes. And I said to him, I said, Sean, I said, 10 minutes gone? Still nil-nil. We're doing well. And then, and it was it Van Nisselrooy got the first goal. Yep. Uh, yep. And, I mean, I don't know about you. To me, I think it came, did it come off um, one of our players? I think that's why Casper didn't get to it. It did. It came off. Um, uh, was it Liam Moore's head? Liam Moore, yeah. Liam Moore it's came it's off it's Liam Moore at the back post. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even at what? How as, as as on the pitch, Dean? I mean, did you did you sense the crowd? Um, you know, I mean, I wasn't even down. I've got to be honest with you. At one nil, it was a case of well, look, you know, we, we've done all right so far. Look, we, like I say, we. You obviously are a little bit disappointed and you're a little bit deflated because um, you don't want to go behind against a big team like Man United with the attacking players they've got on the pitch. Um, but we, like I said, we always knew that we could score goals and we knew with the attacking players we had on the pitch that we would get opportunities. And and that came, but it, it's difficult. You go 1-0 down, the Man United players relax a little bit more. You know, there's a little bit less pressure on them because they're, they're winning the game. They can express themselves a, a little bit more. And, that, and they started to do that. And that's where the second goal, goal came from. But no, never sensed anything from the crowd. This is where Nigel and Craig Shakespeare were so good because they were very consistent in, the, in their message, uh, whether that was a training, whether it was on the, on the sideline in terms of their message to the players, just continue what we're doing. We had a game plan. Um, and like we knew we were going to create chances, um, but yeah, it's tough. It's tough when you know after I can't I can't remember what time they actually scored. What was it? it was in the first fifteen minutes to uh, then think, it. okay, you know, <laughs> it sounds like I really know my stuff there, doesn't it? But I have, a, <laughs> I have the joy of having the matchup on a different page. Now, twelve minutes. Uh, Box is in. Who's a Man United fan? Uh, he says they're a terrible game. It wasn't. It wasn't. I couldn't wait to get home and uh, and watch it again. Um, he says he remembers LVG was playing a front five versus Leicester, plus left Blint to play centre midfield on his own. After that 5-3 game, LGV went defensive until he was sacked 18 months later. Um, it was a great... Yeah, there's a picture coming up later of him and Ryan sort of holding the heads in the hands. I think I think Ryan dropped his head, to be honest with you, but he's trying to hold it. Uh, I mean, that's... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Second goal, Brad. I mean, I I, had to, I I stood there and I was like, because I was behind that goal. And I was like, what a goal. I had to applaud it. And was, all the fans around us was applauding it. Even as a Leicester fan, you had to go, bloody hell, that was good. Yeah, well, I mean, that's one of them where you look at that goal and go, well, that, that's that's what they paid for at the time. Um, I know, obviously, it ended up not really working out for United, but that's the sort of quality they had purchased throughout the, the, that season with, with Di Maria. It was a, such a quality goal. And like you said, Chris, it's one of them where, you know, when they go in, you just, as an opposition fan, you kind of like, well, what can you do? There's no stopping it. Fair play. Well done. You kind of deserve it. It's He, he proved it throughout his career. He could score very good quality goals. And I suppose, it's in a way, it was almost like you don't mind conceding a goal of that quality instead mm. of a scrappy um, mistake or something that would have led to a second. That might have changed the outcome. But when it was kind of like that, it was like, well, there's nothing to do about it. Just go again sort of thing. And yeah, and it was a good goal. And it the crowd at 2-0 down the... They were kind of like, well, yeah, <laughs> welcome to the Premier League. Sorry, say that again, Chris. Oh, sorry, that, no, that was to, to Brad. Sorry, uh, in in the crowd, oh. did you sense it was like a welcome to the Premier League? Um, I think it was a little bit like it felt like a baptism of fire. It kind of felt like um, it was a case of, well, okay, dreams over, <laughs> you know. Let's do what we did against Chelsea. Let's not lose our heads. Let, let's keep ourselves focused. And um, I think, you know, Dean, Dean said it felt like they, they thought they'd won the game at 3-1. Well, I think they did it twice. I think, you know, learn from your mistakes sort of thing where they didn't because they switched off and clearly, clearly kept the ball into Jamie Vardy. There was no chance that crossed the line, that ball. He got that. down the right, he crossed it in and, you know, and, and we were back in the game and, you know, it kind of shocked them all of a sudden because, you know, we, di- we didn't really have time to dwell on it as fans. We, we were kind of going, oh, well, it's been a- let's still it enjoy was, our afternoon. Yeah, it was very thing. quick, Dean, wasn't it? I mean, this is the thing. I mean, in a game where you got Robin Van Persie scoring the first goal, uh, assisted by uh, Falcao, you've then got Di Maria scoring the second goal, assisted by Wayne Rooney. And the guy they're talking about is a £1 million player from, uh, from Fleetwood Town. But... Yeah. What a cross it was. And like Brad said, it wasn't out. And yes, before anybody goes mad, I do know I have made a mess of this slide. You can't get the, the, the staff anymore. I put it as 1-1 and it wasn't. Obviously, it was 1-2 with this goal. But you, Joa, I mean, what a header. I mean, we literally hadn't sat down from, you know, the goal on the 16th minute to make it 2-0. And, and that happened. And you're suddenly like, whoa. And again... 
did that feeling, you know, run through the players like, oh, hang on a second? It did. It, it definitely did. But it was it was probably the first time that Jamie had got in behind the United defence in in that uh, that afternoon. We, you mm. know, with the first 15, 20 minutes, Man United had a lot of the ball. We'd played a lot in front of them. We hadn't quite got into our, our rhythm yet. But when, when Vard is in that mood and he gets down the line and he's got that pace and he's aggressive, I'm with you. The ball definitely stayed in. Um, and Le- <laughs> Leo Joa in the air is is so good, so good. I played the year before with Leo at Brighton. He was with me yeah. at Brighton and he scored a lot of goals then. So he was very, very good in the air. And we knew, I think, I can't think it was Johnny Evans was playing centre-half, I think, for United that, that day. Um, and we knew if we could get crosses in the box, Leo Joa could be quite dominant. Um, mm. and, but the reaction was, was brilliant. And like you say, it lifted everything. It lifted that belief again. We were back in the game and... United thought the game was was won and now they knew they were back in the game. It just changed things very, very quickly. And from that point, it was, OK, can we can we consolidate a little bit for five, ten minutes? Stay in the game now. Don't let United score again and start building that momentum up again. But no, that was it was a fantastic header. It really, really is because it looks easy, but that's a, a difficult skill to, to score a header like that. Whatever happened to Johnny Evans, I don't know. But, I mean, Brad, <laughs> to me, uh, Leo Ujoa was... We, we talked about Stan Collymore and said, like, there's the one that got away. I I do not think that we we went, we were fair to, to Ujoa. No care, new manager comes in and what have you. But that season, not just this game, but obviously we're concentrating on this game, but he scored some vital goals for us. Yeah, he did. And I think um, he felt the brunt of it because obviously there was a lot of expectation around a certain million pound buy at the time. He'd found his feet in that season at the Championship and David Nugent. And and for, for a while, especially uh, at the start of the season, where we are now, like talking about it, he was the he was the big contributor for our goals. He was he was finding ways to to keep us in the game and, 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 and win us a few games. And, and this one really showed his qualities. It, in fact, I think, I don't know if he was on loan at Brighton with him when, when we played, when we played Brighton, um, Dean, but I think he scored a hat-trick when he, when, when Ojoa was, um, yeah, that's got but, yeah, 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 and that's what convinced <laughs> us to go in for him as well. And so you, you must have done a, a show on us on that day as well to get us to come after you as well, Dean. But, <laughs> You saw his quality then, and I think he's one of them that's always suffered from that stigma that he's too good for. He was too good for the championship, but would never quite take it at the Premier League level. And he proved everybody wrong. And I'm with you, Chris. I thought, again, new manager sees it differently. They want to use their own people and players and whatnot. And he he did kind of get given the cold shoulder. And I, he was always one that was loved, like his. Probably his predecessor afterwards, Okazaki, was very well loved by the crowd, but maybe a little bit underappreciated at points in his career, well, in terms of getting on the pitch, because he did, he was the main reason in terms of our goal threat to, to why we had the start we did um, in them first six or seven games. Yeah. Dean, half time, uh, we've gone in, still in it, 2 1 down. What was that half-time team talk like from Nigel? Very calm, Chris. Um, Nigel was always like that. Nigel very rarely um, 
raised his voice really um, or lost his, his temper. He was very um, considerate um, in terms of his his message, and it was it was it was just a message of trying to stay in the game and try and when we got those opportunities, we had to be we had to be ruthless because we hadn't created a lot in the first half. Um, and we knew their threat, but we also knew our threat. So not a lot was said. If, I, if I'm completely honest, not a lot was said because we'd worked a lot in the week in terms of how we were playing. I think Nigel was considering changing the shape a little bit again. I think Esteban was only planning to play probably 60 minutes of the game. So there was already um, thought, the thought process of, will we change shape? Who was going to come on? Will we go more attacking? Um, but it was to try and stay in the game and then try and attack it a little bit more later on um, mm. when maybe the United players would get a little bit tired because we were a, we were a strong, physical, fit team that could go for, for 90 minutes. And we had pace in our team as well. So like I'm repeating myself, but we knew we could we could hurt them. So it was, it was just about not conceding again and putting a little bit more pressure on United, have a little bit more possession. But not a lot was said. It was very calm, very composed. Um, and a continued message that, that we we could get back into the game. And it looked good for 12 minutes, Brad. <laughs> and then <laughs> uh, it kind of, uh, it didn't because United 3-1. Um, assist from Di Maria, he was a bit of a pain that game. And a goal from Ander Herrera, which if I remember, kind of wrong footage, Michael. Yeah, it took, um, took a wicked deflection off it. And um, it it kind of was one that seemed to suck a punch, but you know the, the feeling around the crowd. I, th- I think even United fans were a little bit surprised that you know they weren't expecting it to go in because it was looking quite a comfortable save until it took the deflection. Um, but the the response from the crowd was one you know like 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 Dean said and yourself have said tonight, Chris. Normally, when you can see the goal, it's obviously always disappointing. And you normally have that first couple of minutes where it takes the crowd a second to kind of wrap their head around it and then go again. But they they, they rallied straight away. And you, you again, that was probably the moment I remember where Cambiasso just, you know, as that leader, as he was on the pitch at that point, like Dean said, he was probably going to come off at that point. And thankfully he didn't because we all know what happened, you know, thereafter. But um, he just seemed to kind of look at the players and go, look, listen, they've not given up. They're, they're still loving what you're doing. And I, don't, and I don't know if maybe there was a plan in action where maybe Nigel was potentially thinking, OK, 3-1, see it out. I don't know. Obviously, the man, the man here will, will know that better than, than I will, funny enough, being serious on the pitch and playing. But you never got that feeling that we were just going to stop there. We were going to keep going at them. And, 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 and we responded to that by really given a roar you'd you almost felt like we'd scored the way we kept cheering cheering them on even though it was it was 3-1 um and looking bleak at that point dean we'd 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 given them a minute to enjoy the second goal we were a bit more generous this time we gave them five minutes and then we got a penalty um we did dave nugent who if i remember actually wasn't really a prolific penalty taker before that season. We'd come out, I think, didn't he, and say, I, I need to sort of take more responsibility. And he certainly did that day, making it 2-3 uh, from the spot on the um, 67th, no, 60, oh, I've forgotten now, 60-something minute, 64th minute with the penalty. Yeah, and 
when I spoke, we need a little bit of luck. Let, let's be honest. If that was that yeah. penalty was wouldn't be given now with VAR because yeah. you know the the, the the shoulder charge VARs did on Raphael, I think would have been given as a, as a free kick. Um, but and then but VARs is really really clever because he knows once he gets away with that, the Raphael's going to retaliate and come back yeah. at him, and he uses his. You've you've seen it as much as I have. The way VARs wins penalties and anticipates a bit of contact on him was mm. was was brilliant so we had a bit of luck and I, do you know what i can't remember why but the referee was telling us at half time that he owed us one i can't remember if something happened really the, yeah if something happened in the in the first half where he hadn't given a penalty or a big decision he hadn't given us why and he was laughing and joking that that i owe you one um as we were wow. walking at, at half time and look he repaid his debt if, if i'm honest by by giving us that that penalty but like Nuge is, Nuge is a confident guy. Um, and yeah. you're right. He was a little bit indifferent with his penalty. I think he'd, he'd missed a few a couple of the season before in the championship. But really, really confident when he stepped up and, um, yeah, smashed it down the middle, I think. De Gea went to his right-hand side. Yeah. Um, and from that moment on, you know, the noise again from the crowd getting into us. And there's a little bit of belief. And do you know what? Just the Man United players, there was a little bit of, they were a little bit deflated in their eyes, thinking they're coming back at us again. We thought this game was won again, and now they're still in it. And our tails are up, and there was a lot more energy from us. We went a little bit direct. Vard was getting in behind a little bit more. There was a bit more space. Um, so, yeah, we knew we were we were well in the game. Yeah. Boris uh, says there, that's me in the yellow jumper behind the goal. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, yes. Yes, just uh, to the left there. Um, getting ready to uh, uh, jump up, I'm sure, Boris. Um, I mean, yes. I mean, we wouldn't have got that goal these days, would we, uh, Brad? I mean, I can't. I'm surprised. It was Mark Clattenburg, obviously, who was the the referee, and of course, we know his attitude uh, the following season when Chelsea played Tottenham. You know, he decided beforehand he wasn't going to be sent off, so he couldn't uh, send a uh, Spurs player off. Because he, you know, didn't want to get the blame for losing on the title, but yeah, that that would not have we've got away with it. I mean, that that we did we 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 did get that one, didn't we? No, I don't. You're talking about he dived. Vardy was brought down. Hack. It was a hack on Vardy. <laughs> blatant penalty. Vardy never touched him. Yeah, it was. Let's face it. We've all seen it a million times. We've had that little Mutley laugh looking at it, haven't we? Go probably looking yeah. back over it because he, yeah. he he was very right. But it, again, it was like Dean said it there. Clearly, it was what we felt as fans. We felt the same. We felt like that we've got under their skill a bit here. They then look that you could see them backing up, and the the, the goals that sort of followed after that were the same. The man, you were suddenly the team on the defense, and you you like to say this a lot, Chris. That, which team looked like they were the the, the 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 former champions of the Premier League, you know, and which one were the newly promoted side? You wouldn't have known if you you know if you didn't know anything about football. When you said which one's the one of the most prestigious Premier League side and which one's only just come up playing this game for that last twenty minutes, mm-hmm. you'd have thought the team in blue were serial Premier League winners and and, and stuff like that because United won more than on the back pedal. Um, for, for the remainder of that game and then it yeah. they were like a boxer that just hit the canvas and couldn't get up and it was 
trust me, it was very fun to sit and stand. Well, I was working, if any of my Xboxes are listening. <laughs> I was definitely working that last yeah. 20 minutes. But, yeah, yeah. it was great to, to watch. You're, you're like all, all the stewards. You weren't looking at the, you know, you weren't watching the match. You were looking at the crowd. No, I, I, that's the hardest I worked in that first 20 minutes. I could concentrate on the game, Chris. <laughs> My daughter is in. Good evening, Heather. Um, she says, I have a question for Chris. Who is your favourite daughter? I'd, that would be hard. I've got two. And to be honest with you, I hate you both in equal measure. So let's just leave it to that, <laughs> shall we? That's the fairest thing to say. Um, look, two minutes later, Dean, my God, um, the, it, the place was in uproar. I mean, fantastic, fantastic assist. Um, I mean, was it obviously? I, I think it was a shot, wasn't it? That kind of bounced off. But we, we, was that the sort of feeling in the? Come on, these are here for the taking. Let's just have a go at them. It was. It was totally loud. Once we got the penalty, and like I say, we could sense a bit of. Um, we could sense a bit of blood. To be honest, they looked a little bit deflated, a little bit tired, and we just we just went all out. You know, the fullbacks played a little bit higher. Us as midfield players played a little bit higher. We pressed a bit more. And, we went a bit more direct, like you say, and won second balls and went back to basics yeah. a little bit and and just won, went at Man United head on. So, look, it's, it's, <laughs> is it an assist? Definitely not, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll take the assist. It was a, a half shot that uh, didn't connect too well as the balls landed there for me. It could, If I remember it right, it, it wouldn't quite settle for me. I needed, an, to be honest, I needed another touch to just be able mm. to then settle myself and get a better strike on it but I think if I remember rightly I was I sensed that I could have an opportunity to shoot here and I got a little bit excited and and Paul Koncheski was actually running down the left hand side and I probably should have passed it to him because he was the better option yeah. but again got a little bit of luck I had a strike I think it hit a United player then it it went hit Jamie Vardy and it looks like he set it and it just falls it falls lovely for Esteban and if you want it to fall to a player on the edge of the box who's going to strike the ball clean and strike it well, you want it to be to be Esteban, and it just fell nicely for him. And Brad mentioned it at that minute. You know, I think as that happened a couple of minutes before, Nigel on the sideline had actually told Esteban he was coming off. Um, yeah. So Esteban was aware that you know it could be his last action, and it was a brilliant strike. And if I'm honest, I've never heard the King Power that loud. Um, when that goal went in, it just erupted. It, it just oh. the place was so loud. I I don't know whether it was shock or pure excitement, but our tail was up, and the way the players celebrated after that was was brilliant. And I remember we all went over to the far corner. We all bundled yeah. each other. We got back up. I remember it's one of the clearest memories I have as as a player. I remember walking back slowly to the halfway line and actually realizing the moment I was in, which you don't get as a footballer because everything's no. 100 miles an hour and you're very rarely actually there. It's more in reflection when you think about games or past memories. But I remember actually just looking up at the crowd and looking at my teammates and just thinking, yeah, this is why I became a footballer for, yeah. for a moment like this. And also, I remember speaking, I think it was to... I think it was to Danny Drinkwater, it might have, or it might have been Nuge thinking, we can win this. I remember a couple of players thinking, we can win this. We're not going to hang on to this and try and hang for a free three. We can we can go and win this game. And yeah. Yeah, we went on to do that. I mean, everybody 
If they say there's like there's moments that you remember as fans or pictures that kind of sum it up. One of them is obviously Steve Walsh when he got the second goal against Derby in the um, playoff final when he's running away towards the crowd. He's running straight at the camera. But I was I was in that corner and I was watching Esteban running towards us, and that will stick in my mind forever because it was almost like a time had frozen. Because you, your mind couldn't take in what had just happened, you know. And I think, yeah, because of the, the players that they had got, the money they had spent, we were down and then we'd got it back. And as I say, here was this Esteban Cambriasso scoring a goal, as I say, from a great assist. And, you know, we, we, I've just, it took me a while. My, my son was kind of jumping up and down and I was just sort of stood there going, what have I just seen? I mean, where where were you stood, Brad? Well, I was actually coming up through the set of um, stairs to, on the uh, south stand opposite. So I actually, um, I actually remember thinking to myself, and I'm sorry, I have to confess this. So I'm going, oh, don't bloody shoot, Dean! You'll score it, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then Jamie Barney skillfully got in the way. Get rid of it for you, Dean. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for talking to me, mate. But no, I remember thinking, oh, but you know, you think about this season, Chris, we actually probably give you someone chancing their arm from 30 odd yards out and having a go, a bit of aggression. And you kind of did it. You did feel that stunned atmosphere at that point Mm -hmm. because you, like you said, Chris, it kind of hit everybody at the same time. Like, it's three all. We've actually done it. Like, we kind of kidded ourselves and kidding we might lose this three too, but at least we've really given them a go. And then when it, when my dog wanted to be annoying, apologies if you can hear that. Um, uh, when he got three all, and it kind of was, that was probably the quietest the King Power was for that 30 seconds because it just went, the realisation was sinking in that we were level against Manchester United, one of the biggest clubs you're ever likely to play. And then, I've, again, I've, and I've mentioned it a few times throughout the show, but the, the, the reaction from the players, the way they went about that last 20 minutes, kind of was emphasised from the crowd. We, we we were like, well, now let's go and win it. Why not? They're on the ropes. They're ready. They, they want to ring the bell. They want this game over. We mm. can really win this. They, we can possibly win this game. I don't think we were thinking to win it by such a canter, if you will, at 5-3. But we were thinking yeah. we could still nick this at the end there. And it was weird how the how the fans sort of, you know, mirrored the, the 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 atmosphere, kind of mirrored the performance, if you will, from the fans to, to what was on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, some well, that was on the sixty fourth minute. On the seventieth first, uh, uh, Esteban was taken off, and we were all sat there thinking, "What the hell is going on here?" And you know, you still see him as a twenty one year old that couldn't run like and play three games a week. But Andy King, <coughs> excuse me, uh, great servant of the club, came on. Uh, Falcao went off and Janazai came on uh, and then Nuge went off and not, not realising that we, we would, you know, maybe need another penalty taker later. Uh, Matty James came on, who, bless him, uh, didn't have the best of, of, of careers injury-wise after that. Maria went off, Mata came on and then suddenly, and if I, when that third goal went in, if the stadium wasn't rocking for that, Dean, my God, it was rocking for Jamie Vardy's goal. And I can always remember that when you look at it back on, say, YouTube and the camera on Sky, the cameras 
obviously are opposite the managers. And I think it's zoomed in. And obviously when it zooms in, it really highlights any shaking. And the camera's literally going like that because the whole stadium was rocking. But I've got to say, what a ball from Richie Delat. It was. And if you like you've mentioned there, Chris, if you look at the substitutions, it looks like we're settling for a, for a point. Mm. Um, if I'm honest, I think Nigel at that point would have probably gone, I probably shouldn't push my luck too much. We've come from 2-0 down to 3-1 down to to bat to 3-3 and he'd be yeah. more than happy with a point. But it didn't It didn't happen that way. And what it, what it did do, getting back to 3 all United came at us a little bit more and we sat in a little bit more. So the, the fourth goal, I, if I remember rightly, came from an interception from Richie Delat where he pressed Matter and won the ball. And, and Richie was so sharp, so quick. When he opened his legs, he was lightning quick. And we had a few players like that, if, if I'm honest, in, in the team. But his awareness for Vars and just that pass. And he had to get the pass right because he couldn't play it along the floor. He had to he had to lift it a little bit. And, but it actually worked in the favour because Vars was trying to stay on side. But as the ball came through, he didn't have to change his momentum or his stride. And he just chested it into his path. And Vars in that position is clinical. So clinical. He's so calm, so composed. And he just hmm. side foots it. And as he sides it foot, I'm right behind him. Because... I'm trying to keep up with play, but I'm right behind it as he side foots up through and I can just see the crowd go up. I can see his celebration running off. I think that's his first Premier League goal um, yes. for, for right. Vardy. So obviously he's feeling that emotion as well. We all run over to the corner again and, you know, it's just, again, it's just a lecture. Moments that, you'll, that I'll never forget. And I remember, again, trying not to run over too quickly to celebrate so I could take it in a little bit and try and slow it down so I could... I could remember it and actually appreciate that we're, we're beating Man United 4-3 in, in the Premier League. You know, it's a league game. It's yeah. not a cup game. We're not playing in the FA Cup and we're the underdogs. This is a league game and it's level pegging and we're now 4-3 up against one of the best teams in, in history. So, yeah, special, special moment. But so pleased for, for Vard because... I've got, I've got to say to you, though, Dean, had you not thought about going for the Vardy Mohican look? <laughs> no, I definitely hadn't. I definitely hadn't. I don't think I could pull it off quite like Vars. I must admit. I, I wish I had the hair there to do it. Still, <laughs> I could do a double making at the sides. Um, I mean, that was my. Like I said, I apologise to the lady. Um, I literally fell onto her because everybody, you know, in that the old days when. Um, you know, before there were seats and somebody jumped up five rows behind and everybody that was within, within about 30 spaces either side had to jump with him. And it was a bit like that. You just, it was absolute chaos and you couldn't hold him. Like I say, my son saved me, but my God, that was just like, again, although there was a delay the first time, Brad, there just wasn't a delay with this one. It was just like, because you could see it happening, you know, you could you know you can see the ball over, you can see Vards running towards you, and you're thinking, he's not, is he? <laughs> and like <coughs> he is. <laughs> yeah, and and again the game, the momentum had gone that way, and and you could just feel something was gonna happen in the crowd. I mean, you talk about the, the second goal we scored to make it three two, where um you know we'd caused Raphael uh, all kinds of bother. I mean this game, in, in a weird sort of way, was was like you could use this as a trailer to show the Premier League what Jamie Vardy was going to do to defences throughout his career because Tyler Blackett, and 
we know what's what, what comes up in, in in the last goal of this game. Yeah, you know, he absolutely terrorised him, and he just could not catch him. Ball was like you said, Dan. It was, it was Dean. It was perfectly, um, you know, stolen. Um, you know, Matter kind of was like a deer in headlights for half a second. He, he didn't have the plays in front of him. Galat steals it off him. He played the perfect ball for it at the perfect time, and you just thought it's a goal. And he still had to run and put it past one of the world's best goalkeepers. Let's not forget, despite how many fans sometimes talk talk about him, De Gea is one of the best goalkeepers um, that, that that's ever played in the Premier League. And you just felt like it was a goal before it in. And you know the the cheers were almost there before the ball hit the back of the net. And 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 again, it was weird because you know if you're thinking like like Dean said with the substitutions he's making, you, you know you're thinking. Okay, shut up. Yeah, okay, shut up shop. Take take the three three sort of thing. We'll we'll gladly talk about that forever if it if it was sort of ended three three. Um but when the fourth goal went in, it wasn't like okay, go defensive, see it out. It was God, we're gonna we're gonna score another one. And obviously I don't know how many people genuinely believe that saying, but you felt like there's only one team that's gonna keep scoring. It was uh yeah. it was obviously us in the end. I mean the thing is, Dean, like you say, these days you'd have to get used to not celebrating straight away because VAR delays things that much. Uh, but no, like you say, take it in. I mean, and then you said earlier about Mark Clattenburg saying that he owed us one. I mean, he must have, um, he must have owed, he must have felt really guilty because, all right, it was, again, dubious, but I think if, if you've got to be honest, it probably was a penalty. Tyler Blackett sent off, Wayne Rooney got booked and, uh, you know, we suddenly were looking around for a penalty taker. Were you in the frame at all for that? Well, after after my assist, you know, I was quite confident to step up and take that penalty. I put it my, my lucky day. Do you know what? I'm actually okay at penalties as well. I used to take them when I was younger. My record's yeah. not too bad. But no, if Leo Reggio was on the pitch, he's, he's taking that penalty. So, look, again, when Vaz is through and... Um, he was a nightmare all, all all afternoon, but when he's yeah. when he's gone that way, and, but he's just so clever because he knows Tyler Blackett's coming back at him, and he just has to get his body in a way, and he knows he's gonna he's gonna win a penalty. So when he's going through and he wins the penalty, I, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little bit in disbelief that we're actually four three up against United, and now we've got a penalty to make it five three. Yeah. It was just the fact of. To Leo, I was just like, please score. Just please score because this will make the last, I don't know how long is there, five, ten minutes of the game, so much easier. And actually, we might be able to enjoy the last five, ten minutes of the game. We did. I, I think I remember right. We ended up in a few moments where we kept the ball for 10, 15, 20 passes and the Olays came out from the crowd. And, and it was fantastic. I remember there was a bit in a corner with Andy King and Matty James and... I don't know who Leo Leo was over there. I think I got involved and it was one, two passes and really, excuse my language, we were taking the piss out of United. Yeah. And it was it was a brilliant feeling because from being 2-0 down to now being 5-3 up mm. was was such a brilliant, brilliant moment. So like, I would have loved to have taken a penalty, but no, Leo Joe was never giving it up. And again, put it put it in the corner. Celebrations were brilliant. But you look at all the celebrations, there's every player involved in that celebration. Everyone comes together and that just showed the togetherness within the group um, that we had at Leicester City. 
even Philbert Fox for that fifth goal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, it was like another. I mean, I I could have. It was like you know, all my birthdays come at once. You know, all these goals going in at, at this at our end. Uh, I mean, Brad five three, and we're 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 in dreamland. We're going to win the Premier League, aren't we? Well, yeah, I, I, there might have been a few chances of that actually in, in, in around the stadium. But again, talk about a game that completely mirrored the atmosphere from the crowd and, and the feeling on the pitch. It was just like, how are we suddenly taking the piss, like Dean said? How are we suddenly taking the piss out of Manchester United? I mean, if you'd have told me that before the game, I'd have had to phone the police and got you chucked in a mental song if you said we're gonna we're gonna play a game and, and have Olays going around and I thought yeah maybe from the away end but I can't but yeah it was just it was such a good feel factor and that iconic picture of Ajoa when he's hugging uh Philbert and obviously all the all you guys um were over there celebrating with him that's quite an infamous picture but it was just it almost felt like job done lads well done that efforts got you this result well done you've deserved it because you felt like the the atmosphere was almost relaxed. It, it wasn't so full of tension and, and, and bounce and nervous energy or anything like that. It was, there we go. We've got the daylight. Let's, let's have ourselves a, a Jamie Vardy-esque party, if you, if you yes. pardon it, because he brought it up there. And it was, it was, there's not many times you can say that you're able to put the beat, you know, go to the beach and, you know, and, and be 5-3 up against Man United. So it, it was definitely enjoyed. Point. One of my better three and a half hour return journeys down to the south coast. I've got to be honest with you. And this, I mean, we, we've said about iconic pictures. I mean, to my mind, that that one there of Bengal. <laughs> I'm sorry if there's any if box is still in, but I absolutely love that picture. I mean, he can't believe it. He's dropped his um, he's dropped his board that he was clipboard. Ryan Giggs is like, what the hell's going on? And just to say this, I mean. Fox's launch come back to secure stunning victory as United surrender two gold lead on Falcao's full debut. I mean, you know, even there they're still talking about you know the Man United signings. That was the Mail, the Mirror, Louis Van Gaal's men given a second half mauling by the Foxes. Uh, independent Manchester United started for the first time with their full 150 million worth of expensive new recruits. The folly of their fur coat and no knickers approach. I love that. Again, we said about the. Um, we'll bring it to a close now because um, I'm conscious of the time, Dean. But um, we talked about the dressing room at half time. What was that dressing room like when you went in at full time? Surprisingly, look, it was it was obviously buoyant and there was a lot of happy faces and stuff but again Nigel comes in he just settles he just settles everyone down um and I remember actually the biggest thing I remember is Vard's not being in the dressing room um and he'd been been taken for an interview straight away um and then the manager doing a talk and, and then him coming in screaming and shouting like Vard's would do and um yeah. getting another one um riled up so look it, of course look there was a few celebrations we were a in a little bit of disbelief ourselves that we'd actually beaten united 5-3 but it just reinforced that that belief we had and um yeah just good memories good memories a good group um we were laughing and joking one that we all enjoyed we had our families there and something you talk about for long in the memory but I mean, the biggest surprises after that were our results and our form dropped off completely. 
um, which was we don't we don't we don't talk which about is another that. story. But no, but <laughs> the dressing room afterwards was was brilliant, and the, and the week after that in training was fantastic as well. Um, but just just good memories, really good memories. I love my time at, at Leicester and made some really good friends. But that was one result that that I'll never forget. And I, I'm sure, as a as an you know as a as a player, that you didn't you didn't go out and sort of drink any of the falling down water that evening to to celebrate. Do you know what, Chris? I was probably because at the time when I was playing at Leicester, I lived in Southampton, so I was probably following you down the motorway that day. Oh, no. <laughs> well, that must have been that must have been a fair journey every day to um, to actually for training. Yeah, look, it's um, it's a strange thing. Look, when you're a footballer, it's, it's um, you do some some strange things to to fulfil your own dreams, but also you have got to keep the family happy. And look, my kids and my wife were settled in Hampshire and um, loved it there. So yeah, I used to. Um, Nigel probably didn't know about it, but I probably used to leave about our five in the morning to get to training most most mornings. So, um, but once you get used to it, you're all right. A few coffees and a massage before training, I was I was fine. Uh, last question, I promise you. As fans, it's up there for us as one of the, the all-time games. As a player, having played in that game uh, with the opposition uh, that we were playing, with the way that we came back from behind twice, uh, is it up there for you as one of the best games you've ever played in? Yeah, look, it, it has to be, Chris, if I'm honest. If, you, if you're going on about an individual game, it's it's... It has to be that I've, I've I was fortunate in my career. I had a couple of, you know, I've had a few promotions in my in my time. I've had a few important games where we've had to win games to get promoted. I've I've won a trophy at Wembley. You know, I've had some really lucky experiences in my career. But if you're going off a, a unique one-off game that people are going to remember and moments you remember in the game and it was so up and down and so much happens, um, I'd have to say it was probably where. Probably my most favourite game in my career, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Look, I really do. It went on a little bit longer than I thought, but then once you start talking football, that's the way it goes, isn't it? Dean, obviously it's your personal time. Thank you so much for giving up the time and coming on and, and reliving the memories with us. We really, really do appreciate it, but we'll, we'll let you go. But thank you so very much and take care and all the best to you and your family. I hope, they, I hope you got them to bed okay. <laughs> just about I did just about so no thank I you very much far, I remember what it's like even yeah. though my favourite daughter might still be in I remember <laughs> what it was like no my pleasure guys my pleasure brilliant appreciate that take care Dean cheers see you guys bye 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 oh lovely guy but lovely yeah guy, he is you know uh, but as he said I mean somebody said to me because I was I was doing the watch along last night and they I don't know whether the, I think you were in the, the, the chat before we came live, uh, but I might have mentioned it then. Somebody said to me yesterday, I was talking about this game uh, and, you know, saying that we've got Dean on and, and it's when it's on. And they said, like, when is, uh, you know, what what's, you know, your fa favourite ever game? And there's probably three, and this is probably number two, and that surprised him. I mean, for me, my best ever game, although we ended up losing it, was the uh, quarterfinal for the Champions League against Atletico Madrid, the second leg at, well, at the Leicester City Stadium, because obviously we couldn't call it the King Power. I stood there or sat there, stood most of the game, with my son uh, listening to that music. 
you know, that Champions League music yeah. blare out. And yes, we went on to lose it, but, you know, Arsenal said we were going to be an embarrassment. But this game, depending on what mood I'm in, it probably even takes it over. It is... I, I, and we've won a lot. Let's be honest, we've won an FA Cup. We've won the Premier League. You know, we, 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 you know, we've heard Aunt the Bocelli singing Ness and Dorma live on the pitch. But what, what a game this was! Oh yeah, and I think even if you just took it on as a one-off game, even if you, no matter, no matter how you categorised it, I don't think there's a Leicester fan out there that wouldn't have this. Certainly in their top five Leicester games home or away. Uh, it's in my top three. I think, for me, it's probably second favourite to a game that we also didn't win, but I'm a little bit more biased for its sentiment reasons. But my first game I went and properly saw, at least I remember seeing us play, was uh, <clears throat> another game where we scored uh, a hat full of goals. It was a three-all draw against Arsenal. In, um, oh, yes, it was. I forget. Uh, that. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Which was which is another great one, but that 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 probably holds more sentiment reasons behind why that was also a good game. For I, I wasn't at that game, so I don't tend to. It, yes, it's different. Yeah. It's your favourite games, but the games where you're at. But yeah, you know, Dean said there, and it was that we played that on the twenty first of September, and you know we walked out. It was it was a Sunday lunchtime kickoff live on Sky. We we the final whistle went at twenty two minutes past three. We trundled out of that stadium. We were happy. We were up to seventh, I think it was. That's as high as we would be all season. Um, little did we know that it would be the twenty eighth of December before we got another win. Yeah, it, it's um, not exactly how we expected it to go after that. I, I think you if you'd have asked many people there how Leicester season's going to pan out after what we've just seen, you, you'd probably, and I think you mentioned it earlier, you'd probably say, oh, we can do a Martin O'Neill here. We could get a top top half, top 10 yeah. sort of finish. And um, I think the mentality of, of, of the fact that we never suffered a, like you said, a 6-2 or a 5-0 or whatever, like we have done, unfortunately, last season, I think that helped that period coming through it because you always just felt and we, we said this enough when we talked about them, the games from that season Chris, you always felt that we just needed that win. we needed that you know, little bit of injection of belief back into them again and once they got it, they, they we'd, we'd be okay, I mean we cut it a little bit fine but you want to make a season into a Hollywood movie, you've got to have a very spectacular ending, so that's why Leicester really left it that way, they they always knew they were going to stay up. They just wanted a great escape moment to push West Brom off that pitch. I mean, the most goals we conceded in the game was in March, uh, away at Spurs, when we let in four. But even then, we scored three. Yeah, and that showed the mentality. I mean, I know I've mentioned this on a few shows when we casted our mind back to this particular season. I remember, now I was working at the King Power at, at, at that point. Working. Yeah, yeah, work, working. I had I had my phone on the, on my little cleaners trolley, so I was watching the Arsenal. I was watching the Leicester Arsenal game at the Emirates, and I've said it before on, on, on like I said, numerous shows when we've talked about it. But it was the likes of Theo Wilcott were being interviewed after the game, and they said, 
there's no way Leicester playing like that are going to be in trouble. Yeah. We're shocked. They, yeah. they are where they are because that was a fantastic, really hard game. And like you said, we conceded four against Spurs. We scored three. Um, I don't remember a game where we lost it by more than two goals that entire season. Oh, I'm, I don't I'm think we did. 2-0 Chelsea, 2-0 Palace, um, 2-0 Swansea, 2-0 Southampton, 3-2 to Queen's Park Rangers, but we scored... Uh, three Liverpool three one, uh, but that was only by two goals, wasn't it? West Ham was two, and United they got their own back on the return game, but, but it was it was only three one. I mean, two goals, Chelsea three one, two goals was the most we lost by any game. Yeah, and I think that that probably more epitomises that season than anything because, like like it says, I think. You ask any Leicester fan what was one thing they didn't mind about that season that probably wasn't fond in the memory, if you will, is the fact that every bad result we had never felt like, oh, it's doom and gloom, you know. Yes, we were losing more weeks than not, and there was a few draws in there, but it was there was never a feeling of, oh, well, that's us done then. That's, that's you know, the little Disney you know fairy tales out of the way, Leicester are going to be back, we're going to be back in the Championship. There was never a feeling, home or away, where you left that stadium thinking, we're going to get relegated. You just felt it's going to happen, surely. Like QPR game was one game where ebbed and flowed. I think Cambiasco, Cambiasco scored in that. I think we had a two-two draw with Everton, and we had, a, I think we had a two-two draw at Anfield, did we not? I think Nugent scored a goal in that. So we had some results that kept perking us up and kept showing that we we we, we had the ability. And when we finally got that win, it was two-two like, at Liverpool. You're quite right. Yes. Yeah. Schlupp's so we had, in that game, good God! I know it says it all when Jeffrey Schlupp's banging in the goal. We can take it there. <laughs> the, the, they're 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 the results and the performances that you think mm -hmm. of and go. That's why we never felt like we were down. And obviously, yeah. what ended up happening that in the last 12, 13 games was, well. We all know what happened the following yeah. season. But. Like I said, you know when when we used to lead the games. That one we didn't, but we used to leave the game sort of with a couple of minutes to go just to be able to get out the ground because we'd got, a, like I say, three-and-a-half-hour journey home. And we would be, you know, all these games would be driving, and we'd be down, oh, we've lost, you know, at this, after, after this game, oh, we've lost again, or oh, we've lost again. But we never sort of said, yeah, should we not go next week? You know, because we knew that, yeah. the, that the fight was there, you know. I yeah, to, and again... You know, sorry, carry on. So I was going to say, yeah, again, you know, there were, you, you're very right because there was never a feeling of like, oh, sod this. I can't be asked watching them play like this every week. It was more of a case of sometimes, I mean, the Spurs game was probably the most notable. Maybe it's just because of what's happened over history, but it felt we're between us and Spurs. But you felt like, sometimes you felt like, oh, yeah, we didn't deserve that. We deserve mm -hmm. something. For, you know, you know I, when I say that, I mean, we deserved a point at least or we we could have won that game yeah. and you felt like next game will happen. And eventually we got to that point where it did happen. But like you said, you never felt like doing a uh, Garinda and chucking your season ticket in the bin or, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? We... <laughs> Some things haven't changed though. Southampton beat us 2-0. Oh, well, you know, you know, the more things change, the more they say the same, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Um, just uh, just sending a thank you to Dean Hammond. Uh, Rob, Robbie Savage has just followed me back. So watch this space. You never know. You never know. Um, Brad, 
it's been a pleasure, sir. It's been a pleasure. And it's going to be a pleasure. Well, it will be for me. I don't know about you because I'm going to go and set the questions now. Uh, but tomorrow night, yes, it is the Big Fat Leicester quiz. Um, it's the one quiz we still do on this channel. Let me just get rid of the, 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 the banner. Then you can see what we're talking about. Um, you are the quiz king. Somebody said, is that Wayne? I went, no, 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 no that's not fair on Brad. <laughs> but uh, I'll let you think about that one. Uh, but we are back at 8 o'clock tomorrow. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Are you feeling confident? 11 to beat, sir. I'm always confident until the quiz starts, Chris, because I don't remember how bad I am at them. But, uh, <laughs> Where we, was Claudio we... manager before we came over to Leicester? And uh, I'll give you a clue. It's not Senegal. Oh, was it not? Oh, Spain. Spain will be my guess, mate. Uh, but eight o'clock tomorrow. It is the and the reason it's the only quiz that we do on this channel is a. It's, it's totally Leicester based, uh, and obviously we're, we're making, making this back more to, to to the roots, and it's the Leicester channel. But and if you haven't yet already, do get over there. Uh, to Leicester TV, uh, Leicester LTID TV, the quiz channel, uh, which used to be Top Ten Battles, which was Brad's uh, channel. Uh, he's coming to the fold now. Um, it's like I can say it's live. You can go and uh, subscribe to that. There are many, too many quizzes to name that we've got planned, isn't there, Brad? Um, yeah. But it's not just going to be Leicester. If your team is Liverpool. Come on, and all the questions will, and everything will be based on on Liverpool, depending which quiz you pick. Uh, and you've, you've got you've got things planned, haven't you? Yeah, I've got something in the works. I'm doing all the writing up. I'm going go through my head on what rules and everything. And uh, yeah, I'm just uh, just just waiting till I get back off my break in Leicester in a few days' yeah. time, and then I shall uh, I shall be uh, starting he's, he's a, a Leicester. Yes, I am for a few more days. Sorry, uh, mate. I thought you were home. Otherwise, I wouldn't have invited you uh, on. If you oh, like. no. D Dean Hammond's around, mate. I was happy to talk about the 5-3 game. I can't look at planned up. I'm on a call down for three days. I'm done, I've done all the things I needed to over here and whatnot. So, more right. than happy to go on, mate. So, I don't oh. worry about tomorrow either. I'm more than fine for it. Great. But, yes. Uh, but, yes, yeah. uh, I'll be back on the working and that channel will be taking off... Um, next week do you have the question is of course do you have the answers written down no i'm gonna leave them for the guests to see if they're right or not well i'm, I'm just i'm just checking that you know you you can check that you know that they've given you the right answers well can you make sure they write all the questions down then <laughs> not the questions it's the answers mate. <laughs> <laughs> i saw you in your quiz the question <laughs> yes all right all right i I, I I did get I wrote I wrote the right questions just under the wrong particular header, <laughs> <laughs> and look out look out for the uh, cuddly cornflake. That's me, by the way. Um, I've been called flaky many many times. Uh, Monday the third of July, Sunday, Surrey Hills Radio live on Tinternet and your smart speakers. For some reason, I'm doing the breakfast show. So uh, you know what it is. Wake up and turn me on. Let's not go there, eh, Brad? But um, <laughs> thank you so very much, sir. Uh, I thought I didn't recognise the wallpaper, 
That's a bit. That's a bit sad. We are seeing too much of each other when I don't recognise the wallpaper. <laughs> yeah, that, that that should have been the giveaway, mate. <laughs> I thought, oh, hello, what have I interrupted? Brad, mate, thank you so very much. Uh, go over, get over, and do some um, some revising. I'm going to go and write the questions out now and remember to write the answers down, and hopefully, I get them in the right order. Uh, I will see you tomorrow at eight o'clock, sir. I'll see you tomorrow to hopefully do better than 11, but we'll, 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 we'll see if I'm like Jamie Vardy with 11 heaven. <laughs> we'll see. We will, we will see. Depends how horrible I'm going to be to you. Uh, you very. So I'm going to go down the YouTube rabbit hole and start revising. Be <laughs> like that. All right, mate. All the best. Thanks very much. Uh, take care, buddy. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, thanks to Brad for coming in there, uh, especially as I didn't realise he was still on his holiday. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to be back at 8 o'clock tomorrow for the Big Fat Football Quiz Show 2. And uh, in the show one, of course, Dave got 11. Will Brad do better than that? His season, as I think, what season did he say it was? 96-97. That's his specialist season. I'm going to go off and write those. Uh, questions out now really do appreciate everybody uh, and everything there all your support in the chat and thanks especially to dean for coming on look you know we know that these players they don't have to give up their own time yeah during covid uh, a lot of ex-players didn't have report or didn't have things to do but you know it's normal now and they're, they're on the holidays and really always appreciate the fact that they give up the time to come on and and do this so um that 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 means a lot and dean lovely guy and of course it's nice it's nice to be able to talk about something nice in these relegation fueled days leicester city five manchester united three i know i know i'm turning into an arsenal fan and living in the past but what can i do i'll see you tomorrow this has been don't forget to subscribe smash the lights on the video click the click uh, click the notification bell you'll never miss a show we've got loads coming up over the summer also on Thursday morning, half past eight, we have got the fixture release. And then at, uh, at nine, um, 2 or 30 in the afternoon, we've got the Caribou Cup first round draw. This has been LTID TV. I've been Chris. This is Arnie. Good night. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You better like them too, or I'll be back. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.